Hi, it's James Sayer, and welcome to The Breakdown, where we break down major topics and questions of the day to get to the heart of the matter with no allegiances to anything but reason and evidence, and the willingness to consider ideas from a wide range of perspectives. So, let's get on with it. Today we discuss the protests that have been taking place for the past 16 days across our country following the killing of George Floyd by Minneapolis police officers. According to the Washington Post, there have been protests in over 650 U.S. cities and towns. But these protests aren't just nationwide, they're international, with protests in London, Dublin, Berlin, Japan, South Korea, Australia, and other countries. Things really getting out of hand two weeks ago with heavy rioting and looting in many U.S. cities, with Minneapolis, D.C., New York, and Los Angeles seeing some of the heaviest rioting, but many other cities seeing extensive unrest as well. The protest and unrest got so bad in D.C. on Friday, May 29th, that Trump was actually escorted to his bunker in the White House for about an hour. Rioting, looting, bad, illegal, but so too many instances of excessive force used by police against protesters, and many documented cases in the U.S. of police targeting peaceful demonstrators and credentialed news media with rubber bullets, pepper spray, tear gas, and batons. Trump and Attorney General William Barr actually having the park police shoot peaceful protesters with rubber bullets and tear gas to clear Lafayette Square so that Trump can walk across the street to the burned-down St. John's Church with a Bible for a photo op. Trump actually threatened to deploy the U.S. military to cities across the country to quell the unrest. Former administration officials like General Mattis, General John Kelly, as well as Admiral Mike Mullen and dozens of other former defense and intelligence professionals coming out against Trump's desire to use the U.S. military might against its own citizens. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, apologizing for appearing with Trump during his church photo op. Unidentifiable, unbadged police who refused to identify themselves being used in D.C. just like Russia used in Ukraine. Not good. Police have to be accountable. They can't be accountable if you can't be identified. The protests are some of the widest and most sustained political protests in recent history, far more extensive than the 2014 protests following the killing of unarmed black man Michael Brown by a Ferguson, Missouri police officer. The rioting and looting peaked at the end of May, beginning of June, but has now largely subsided. But the peaceful, the peaceful protests, they continue, and in large numbers. In Seattle, protesters have actually taken over City Hall. Now, protests are great a protected and sacred bedrock of our republic, but not a lot of social distancing going on in these protests. They're mostly outside, which could help, but most protesters end up being in close proximity to each other. Will these protests cause a spike in COVID-19? It's a lot of stuff to happen in just a little over two weeks, a lot to process, and a lot to unpack. So, let's break it down. The protests were sparked by the death of George Floyd who was recorded on multiple cameras with Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin kneeling on the back of Floyd's neck with three other officers assisting, kneeling on him for almost nine minutes, causing Floyd's death. Floyd repeatedly yelled he could not breathe but was ignored by police. All four officers had been fired, arrested, and charged. Derek Chauvin with second-degree manslaughter and second-degree murder, the other officers having been charged with aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter and aiding and abetting second-degree murder. Two of the officers appear to have been rookies in their first week on the force. That's a, that's a rough week, rough first week on the force. Perhaps their inexperience will be taken into account when they are put on trial. We'll see how that goes. Floyd's death 
sparked all these protests, but it was more just the final straw than anything else, with numerous videos in recent years being taken by cell phones and other sources showing glaring examples of police abuse and excessive force against unarmed black men. Sometimes not even police, but men acting like police. Think George Zimmerman with Trayvon Martin, or the three white men who chased and shot Ahmad Arbery in Georgia, claiming they thought he might have been a local burglar. We've seen just in the past 12 days video accounts of police abusing protesters, contrasting very differently from the official police accounts of events in, in places like Buffalo, Philadelphia, Minneapolis, and D.C., a lot of white people, previously on the fence about police violence against blacks, now outraged. Many blacks are saying, finally, finally, you believe us. Now there's video proof. And it can't be denied. Police overreacting and using excessive deadly force where it is not justified. Choking a guy to death because he's being difficult, getting the cuffs on, over selling untaxed cigarettes, not justified. Shooting a kid playing with a toy gun in the park, not justified. Shooting a black man who just told you he has a registered handgun in his car and just reached for his wallet as you instructed him, not justified. Being shot in the back for running from a traffic stop, not justified. Shooting a black woman in her bed while you're serving a no-knock drug warrant, not justified. Now some would make the claim that the police are corrupted by systemic racism while others would say these actions are the results of bad apples and that most police officers would not behave in such a way. Either way, we see the behavior happening over and over and over again. Cops need to use force to keep law and order. But going too far sometimes and rarely tried for shootings and use of force, I mean, they're rarely convicted. They're rarely convicted at all. But there have been a few convictions for wrongful police shootings in recent years. For example, Officer Michael Slager sentenced to 20 years in 2017 for violating a black man's rights when he shot him in the back as he fled a traffic stop. Then last year in October, a conviction of an Alabama police officer for shooting an unarmed black man, Greg Gunn. He, this, this officer was sentenced to 14 years in prison. Then, also in 2019, former officer Amber Geiger was also convicted of, she was convicted of murder when she shot black man both Botham Jean as he ate ice cream in his own apartment. She claimed she accidentally entered his apartment by mistake, thinking the apartment was hers, thought he was an intruder in her home about to attack, so she shot him. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Eligible for parole in five. That's a pretty light sentence for murder. But these three convictions, they are progress. Other police officers being held to account for excessive or inappropriate use of force during the recent protests, that's also progress. Two Buffalo police officers were suspended without pay and they've now been arrested for pushing down a 75-year-old protester who hit his head and was seriously injured, may actually have brain damage, while they and fellow police did nothing to help. They did nothing to help the man but simply walk away and left him there bleeding. The Louisville Metro Police Chief was fired for some of his men not using their body cameras during a shooting, after the city had already instituted already instituted a new policy for having your body cameras activated on calls starting on May 21st of 2020. Now, according to CNN, six Atlanta police officers have been charged with excessive force for how they dealt with protesters. A Fort Lauderdale police officer has been relieved of duty for shoving a kneeling protester to the ground. The charges against the four Minneapolis police officers 
are also an encouraging sign that improved accountability is beginning, beginning for out-of-control police. Though the biggest and most important part, there is more to all of this besides police brutality against blacks and even protesters and the media. It is also about lingering racism within this country that is far from extinguished. Take your pick of any of the fairly recent news stories, many with videos on the internet with some white person calling the police on black people as they simply try to live their lives. Think selling water while black, or barbecuing while black, visiting a friend while black, going to a hotel and calling your mother while black, sleeping in your college dorm while black, banking while black, or canvassing your white neighborhood while black, or the most recent and outrageous bird watching while black, occurring in New York City by a white woman calling the police on a black man because he asked her to follow park policy and leash her dog. How dare he? These protests are a message. They're a message to the forces that would have everything stay the same and would continue to blame black people for suffering from police brutality or being discriminated against or blame innocent protesters or blame the media when it's the police who violated the law and resorted to violence illegally. These protests are the response of people who have seen enough. How many videos do we need to see to acknowledge that police brutality against blacks exists and is unacceptable? How many times do we need to see footage of police abusing peaceful protesters before we say no more? How many videos do we need to see of white people harassing black people and calling the police on them for doing nothing wrong other than being black? The message from our protesting brothers and sisters is clear. Not in our name. Not one more. Cross the line and you will be held to account. We will tolerate, we will, we will not tolerate unacceptable, racist, reckless, abusive, and, and yes, even evil behavior by the authorities or overprivileged whites. We will tolerate it no longer. Now, slavery was abolished over 150 years ago. Racial discrimination and segregation became illegal over 50 years ago. Criminal justice reforms were just passed in 2018, eliminating some of the government's policies that unfairly treated minorities in our justice system. But we're far from finished. There's still lots of white people that wish to throw the N-word around and wish they could live in an all-white nation-state, though most of them know there's not a snowball's chance in hell of that happening. We know this. The white separatists and secessionists can have their racist fantasies, but our Constitution prevents such an arrangement and guarantees that within the United States, all people, regardless of race, origin, creed, sexual preference, or gender identity, will be treated equally. This is the central principle to not only our Constitution, but to our country's soul. No one is going to stop you from having racist thoughts or preferences. People have a right to think as they wish, however stupid and hateful it may be. Your actions, your behavior, that is a separate matter. It is not illegal and never will be for you to hate black people, Mexicans or Jews. You can go around and sneering at them and trying to make them uncomfortable and telling racist jokes with your friends. No one can stop you. Hooray. You're free. But it is illegal to harass someone because they are from a different race, culture, political group, or gender identity. This protest is also a message about these people as well. If you want to be a racist, go for it but be prepared to be shunned by the decent and honorable within society. 
Be prepared to be fired from your job for saying racist or sexist, sexist comments at work, where such speech is not protected. You see, people have a right to a workplace free from discrimination without you harassing them because of who they are. If you feel the need to deny fellow Americans their fundamental rights because they're a minority or part of a religion or political party you do not like or culture you do not understand, be prepared to be speaking with the police and perhaps a lot of time in court, spending a lot of time in court, or even in jail because all Americans do have a guaranteed constitutional right to freedom of speech and thought, the right to work and live where they choose, the right to be a free American pursuing their own happiness, unmolested by racist terrorists, who would do all manners of unspeakable evil to others, simply so they can live in a state where everyone looks and thinks like them. How horrible. How horrible and truly un-American. And to our dedicated and courageous police across this country, we say thank you. Thank you, officers, for all that you do. An extremely difficult, dangerous, and stressful job to keep us safe and to protect the rule of law so that we can live our lives with a little less fear. Less fear from criminals. Less fear from the reckless behavior of others. Less fear of the corrupt and the powerful. Less fear from a brutal and vicious world that would tear itself apart if our appetites were not so checked by the rule of law and free from arbitrary government detention, abuse, and torture for most of us. Some black men and women have had that freedom taken away from them live on camera. The vast majority of our brothers and sisters in blue do their jobs with honor and courage and deserve our thanks, not to mention a good raise while you're at it. But for those who lack the self-control to contain their darker impulses, rage, fear, anxiety, frustration, your place is not on the force. People who cannot control their emotions or inner demons should have no legal power over others and certainly not be licensed to carry a weapon and enforce the law impartially. This is not the job for you, and it never was. Better to get out now than to be forced out, or worse, prosecuted for misconduct. If you can't meet the basic standards of conduct for being on the police force, you should not be on the police force. Our society needs you, officers, and we can't run this show without you. But we do need you police to, well, police your ranks better. Weed them out so that we don't have to. Please, do not protect those that would harm us, cheat us, or deny us our freedoms or basic rights for whatever reason. These officers have dishonored themselves, betrayed their oath and their badge. The U.S. police force, in general, commands a tremendous amount of respect and trust from Americans, and for good reason. But to ensure your trust, support, and legitimacy continues, we need you and your fellow officers to end these violent acts against blacks, minorities, peaceful protesters, and the media. And we need you to protect their constitutional rights, as you would want your rights protected. And to our protesting brothers and sisters, we say, great job. Keep up the good work. The message your mostly peaceful and well-sustained protests are sending is this. We are not going anywhere and we are not letting them off the hook. Not this time. So stay committed. Don't let up. Continue to hold those who abuse their authority to account. People are listening and watching and most of them are with you. Though not all. There's always a few. However, my dear protesters, keep it legal. That means no vandalism, no rioting, no looting, and no... No, no throwing water bottles or anything else at police. That is not protected speech. That is attempted assault. No, ever been hit by a full water bottle thrown at you? 
or had fireworks launched at you, yes, it is assault, not peaceful protesting. Destroying private property and stealing from businesses is not protesting and it's not protected. You will and should be prosecuted for these actions. The rule of law must apply to you, as well as the police. How can we demand the police follow the law if we're not willing to do the same? Many of the looters and rioters were not even protesters. And there are numerous confirmed stories of right-wing groups attempting to instigate unrest during protests on the ground, as well as providing misinformation through fake Twitter accounts online, as reported by numerous news organizations, including The Post, The LA Times, The Associated Press, and NBC News. Please don't let reckless rabble-rousers, who may have suspect motives, influence you to behave irresponsibly, protesters. You, too, must control your anger and frustration and channel it if you are truly to become a formidable political force and make the changes needed for our country. If you wish to govern, you must exhibit not only the force, but also the restraint and the wisdom necessary to be able to do so. That's it for this episode of The Breakdown. On our next episode, we'll discuss the ministry in time of COVID-19 with our special guest, Annie Rose. How are ministries, churches, and congregations dealing with the shutdowns or the lifting of the shutdowns and the COVID-19 crisis? It's a fascinating topic, and I, I have a lot of questions. I look forward to talking with you then. So, take care.